Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and DCRadio.gov. I'm Wendy Cherry, your host, and we're talking about another one of my favorite topics, which is travel and how to um, find out who you are, kind of like when you're evolving, how, how who you are as different things come your way and how you can... Um, survive them is the least the least of the of the term so i have my friend yes. dr jerry dyson in the house today and dr j i call her dr j dr j is an adolescent medicine physician author and lecturer specializing in teen wellness she is the founding president of global girls global women inc and devotes her full time to global programs for girls and young women. And she is one of today's foremost thinkers of global teen health. And it's perfect for me because I got a teen. Yes. The Sid Sid. So, yes. So welcome to the sanctuary, Dr. J. Thank you for welcoming me into your sanctuary. Yes. So what we want to talk about today is international travel. And the importance of international travel Mm -hmm. for little babies that look like us. Yes. And um, if you have ever, if any of you have ever traveled internationally and depending on where you go, you will see people of all nationalities Mm -hmm. there and it'd be one or two of us. Yes. Right. So I have been traveling probably for the last 25 years internationally and on my most recent trips um to Africa a few times and then to Southeast Asia I was kind of like an anomaly mm-hmm. and I got a lot of stares you know I got these locks I'm walking down the street you know and and and, and I was really aware of it right but what I w- was interested in was learning something new mm-hmm. And and that's why I started international travel. I started international travel in in, in the early nineties. And so I um wanted to learn something new, but what I knew that coming from a Jersey girl uh-huh. was that I had culture shock. Yes. I had culture shock. Um and the biggest culture shock was working and living on a cruise ship. It was a Caribbean cruise ship, and there were people of all different countries, nationalities. There were 300 workers. I was one of 300 workers, mm-hmm. but I was one of only two African Americans right. out of everybody. So it was a shock. It was a good education. Mm-hmm. It was a um, exposure on a level that I had never imagined. And it was also kind of a made me sad. It made me sad because I'm like, my friends aren't doing this. None of my family members really are are doing it on this level. And I felt like they were kind of missing out. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, some of them don't even have the desire. They're like, that's you. You know, I, I see you when I see you. And this was before, um, before in, this was before social media. Mm-hmm. This is before I had access to the Internet. So it was faxes to keep in touch with my family or my mom, you know. So I want to talk about how. One, when I read your bio, you got a lot going on. <laughs> Author, lecturer, physician, a teen physician. How did you parlay your um, being a physician into travel? Because I'm feeling like you're a doctor. You right. should be seeing patients. What does that have to do with being an international traveler? And that's a great question, Wendy, because what happens is uh, a lot of times in our careers, we are pigeonholed into you're only a doctor. So all you do is go to an office, you see patients, 
for a certain amount of hours and then you go to the hospital to check up on them. But actually, medicine is what exposed me to international travel. Okay. Um, if you think about it, most of the medical doctors who do any type of medicine, sometimes we can get inundated with paperwork and things. So we end up going on international treks to do medical missions. Okay. And mm-hmm. so that is what initially exposed me to international travel, global travel, um, taking care of patients from different backgrounds. Um, and it expands you as a human being yes, as well. It does. It makes you more empathetic. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a buzzword that people use a lot. <laughs> right. But it does. It helps you to see yourself in other people. It right. helps you to really understand what the needs are and the culture of a person when you're providing medicine. Right. Um, you are not, you're less, you're less likely to be, to use assumption when you are traveling internationally. So medicine is what exposed me to global travel. Okay. And, um, when I was in residency, uh, Six other young ladies, African-American young ladies, we wrote a grant to travel to Senegal to do uh, research on developmental evaluations for kids. Okay. And when I was there, um, my roommate in residency was from um, Congo. She would say Zaire, depending on who was in control at the time. Mm -hmm. But she's actually from uh, the Republic of Congo. Okay. And so she just kept saying, keep an open mind. Keep an open mind when you travel. Keep an Mm -hmm. open mind. Keep an open mind. So I was like, what does that mean? Like, tell me what to expect. She was like, just keep an open mind. Right. And so that's what I usually encourage people. Because like you, when you said you went and there was culture shock, I was like, what in the world? Where are we? What are we doing? And so you may not have had, like, running sanitation. Mm -hmm. Uh, water. It was different things where, you know, just common habits that we have, like brushing our teeth and then rinsing our mouths out out. and spitting out and rinsing the toothbrush under the water will get you diarrhea. You'll be, you know, for days with diarrhea or vomiting. And so I had to make it a habit of even taking the water bottle and brushing my teeth outside so that would never be an issue. They were right. like, why is this girl outside brushing her teeth? Because I didn't want to make the mistake yeah, of like just simple memory. stuff. Yeah, that is... Under the water. We do a mm-hmm. lot of memory. And mm-hmm. so when I experienced that, I said, there has got to be a way for me to incorporate this in my lifestyle because what it did was it expanded my mind. It wasn't just uh, the medical career, but it expanded me as a human being. And so that is what really got me into international travel. And I said, if I'm doing this in my late 20s, gosh, how different would I be if I started doing this as a teenager? Right. And so that is the the inception of what got me to saying, we got to bring younger women on trips like this and younger men, too, yeah. because yeah. we can't have women developing and men don't develop, right. too. So it has to be some balance. Mm-hmm. So I love that you said the keep an open mind part, mm-hmm. because a lot of us here, you know, I'm thinking of African-American women specifically because I have been I've traveled with all types of people. Right. But I know the sisters got a certain level that they want, mm-hmm. right? And so the um, if they're not at like a four or five star hotel, especially as you're older, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the millennials, y'all can kind of like rough it. But I know some of the women that I hang with, they're not trying to go right. uh, any other way, mm-hmm. right? They're worrying about those accommodations. But just keeping it, keeping an open mind and being able to go with the flow and just experience what, the world has to offer is so key. And so a few summers ago, I decided to just go to Southeast Asia by myself. Mm -hmm. And so I went backpacking. I did not have an agenda. I just, um, I just said, I want to go to Thailand Mm -hmm. and then I'll see where it takes me. So I had two weeks on my own to just figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I went with no agenda because I am what, what I used to be, like very controlled, mm-hmm. very um, what's the production schedule? Because I'm a production manager. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's what I do, and so it's in me to be like we have to be at this tour at this time. I gotta go see this at this time. Uh, what we're gonna eat this day? So I went by myself, so I didn't have to deal with any of those things. I wasn't on anybody's agenda but my own, and it was so freeing. So the first day, we got stuck in China. Mm-hmm. Now look, stuck air quote stuck. Those people were having a fit, like my fellow 
my fellow uh, mates on, on the plane, they were having a fit. And I was just taking it all in. Right. When do you get a free hotel at a at a um a hotel room, a free night with breakfast and everything in China on the full moon? Exactly. So I got off the plane, I go and I'm looking around and I'm like, yo, I wasn't even supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be in Bangkok right now. Mm-hmm. But I was just letting it flow. And it was just I was able to um take it in with an open mind and just let the things happen and I saw so many beautiful things and then by the time I looked I was taking a sea salt bath yes. in this beautiful hotel room by myself chilling mm-hmm. and so I blogged about that because I was like I know had I been with other people they would have been stressing me out because they'd have been we got to get here we got to go there what's it going to be and whatever and the other thing about it is you can experience because I have friends who always joke, I'm a five-star missionary. You do have people who are like, oh, I'm a missionary, but I'm a five-star missionary. Okay. And I'm, I'm okay with also that. Also I'm okay with that. If you are a five-star person, my desire is just simply for you to go. See. Right. Don't use that as an excuse because I need certain accommodations. Because everywhere you go, they'll be able to accommodate you, depending yeah. on how much money you have. Yeah. So if you want to spend the money and do that. Fine. I right. want you to experience also it ain't. on whatever level you want to experience it. But there is a time, like you said, there is a challenge where your rigid um, scheduling of it has to be like this. It's got to move like this. That's going to be out the window. Yeah. And that's the advantage of traveling, because the more you travel, the more that part of you is tested. It is. It comes with even transfers like you may fly into one country. You'll be there for four hours and have to fly out. Something that happened with your luggage, something that happened with the transport, something that happened with the plane. So you just have to be like we said, keep an open mind and not mm-hmm. be rigid. So I, I venture to say that anybody who is um, because I'm, I'm I would consider myself a very. Uh, structured. I wouldn't say controlling. I used to be. That used to be my nature. <laughs> right. But it's more structured. Like, it has to be like this. The The people who follow under that path, even if you're like that, still don't let that be a reason to not travel. Not, uh, yeah. Because right. that part of you is going to be tested, and that part of you is going to be... Um, so if you do Expanded. have those friends who mm-hmm. are like, oh, God, we got to do this, and... ah. It's certain things that you can't control. I don't right. care how much you raise your voice. I don't care who you curse out. I don't care who. You can say, oh, the embassy sent me. The U.S. embassy sent me. I have an important meeting. Right. If we're not flying the plane, we're not flying the plane. Right. That's control just how what you can control. You can control what you can control. And that was my lesson when I went to Senegal. Like, we went from Senegal to Gambia. to We were doing all of these treks. And I was like, we're supposed to be in Dakar. That is it. We ended up in Kaolack. We ended up in Gambia. And so there were certain times where they were like, we have to run to make this boat. And I was mm-hmm. like, run? They were like, no, we have to run because prayer starts in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. If we miss this boat, the next boat comes after prayer. After That's prayer. not going to be for three hours. So you just get used to it. You get used to it. And I think that what I love the most was that you meet so many people. Yes. So this is another thing that we're talking about here and the importance of taking brown, little brown and black babies mm-hmm. internationally mm-hmm. because when I was away, all them other babies is out there playing. Yes. I'm in Bali, chilling at the beach and there's these little just babies, they just walking along, Alone. have no clue on how blessed they are because it's a part of mm-hmm. what they do. It's just what they do. Mm-hmm. Just what they do. It wasn't necessarily special. They were just on holiday. Yes. Just on, on holiday. holiday. And so I saw it in China. I went to Malaysia, too. Then Bali is in Indonesia. I saw it everywhere. And then I'm in, you know, Bangkok. And then I'm in Chiang Mai in Thailand. Little babies of all different ethnicities walking around. Mm-hmm. And so what I loved was that I was able to connect and allow myself to connect with other people. Right. So I go to Bali and I just, and you know, there's certain like, um, uh, sharing apps that you can use to make your life pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And I use some of those apps. Mm-hmm. And so I found myself at a woman's holi- a woman's retreat center mm-hmm. across the hall from two little girls, young women named Sabrina 
one was a uh, Colombian and one was from like Swiss Sweden mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. and we connected and I was like I got a blessing of two Sabrinas right. and we hung out the whole time and so now we still follow each other on social media and the um Sabrina from Sweden just is in India right now cuz I'm watching her on Instagram mm-hmm. and she said the most beautiful thing she's in India and it was not maybe what she expected mm-hmm. And somebody asked her, what was it? And she said, don't worry about what I think. It's yours to explore. Right, exactly. I loved that because Mm -hmm. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. she didn't try to put any hindrances on it. She didn't try to hate on it or say anything extra beautiful. She said, it's yours. You go with your own mind. You go with your own intention to explore. Or you can go and waste your money and not. Yeah. And and the funny part about all of this is that as much as we think the world is so big and, oh, the globe, oh, the earth, it's really small because every country we go to, and it's so weird, every nation that I'm in, I always meet somebody who's like from back home. Right. Like not back <laughs> home like the states, right. but back home the city. They might have gone to your high school. It's weird, yeah. crazy stuff out yeah. there. And so the more you travel, the more you realize how small the world is and how each of us, we own the world. It's not like somebody else's world and we're visiting. This mm. is our world. Yes. And so that's what I try to impart in the young ladies that I'm working with. Like, not to feel like you're on a holiday pass at somebody else's house. Right. Because when you're in somebody else's house, you govern yourself differently. You may ask permission to go into the refrigerator. You may ask permission to use the restroom. Whereas if it's your house, you're relaxed. You you know mm-hmm. where the refrigerator is. Even if it's a new house, you you explore. Mm-hmm. And so I want the young ladies and the people who are surrounded with me to know this is our world to explore. It is our world to explore. So I have three things. Mm-hmm. Let's go all the way to the beginning and let's talk about global girls and global women and what that is. Okay. And then I want to piggyback on you saying that the world is ours because mm-hmm. it's very important. And there is something that I wanted to like have a pin there. So let's talk about how you came up with the concept of global girls, global women, and what the mission and vision is. Okay. So Global Girls, Global Women is a nonprofit organization that I started in 2016. And what it does is it we recruit women 16 to 21 from D.C., Maryland, and Virginia Mm -hmm. who are less likely to travel internationally. What we do is we take them in, we interview them, we accept them, and then we train them on what it is and what it means to to be a global citizen, mm-hmm. to have a global mindset as it relates to women, mm-hmm. all things girls, all things women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the reason we do this is because women by large are disenfranchised, not just in the States, but internationally. Yes. So we talk to them about being child brides. We talk to them about um, female genital mutilation. We mm. talk to them about sex trafficking. We talk to them about um, disenfranchisement when it comes to education. So we use that year-long training and then after we train them on a different things as it relates to women and global issues, we take them on international treks. Okay. Because you can learn stuff from a book, but right. if you're not experiencing it, we learn through experiences and exposure. Yeah. And so the more that you immerse yourself in a culture, the more you're in a place where you can't really read the signs like, where is baggage claim? Okay, well, let me just follow behind everybody else because mm-hmm. I can't read any of these signs. <laughs> right. It expands you on a different level. And so that's, I started Global Girls, Global Women in 2016 after traveling traveling internationally I was a speaker. My life transitioned um, from medicine to, I did a lot of speaking nationally. Mm -hmm. And then a friend of mine submitted my name to be a speaker for, a U.S. speaker for the State Department. Okay. So with me being a speaker for the State Department, any program that the State Department had overseas where they needed women to go in and talk to other young women, whether it's about diet, exercise, um, finding their voice, understanding what it is to be a woman in their culture, they would send me. Mm-hmm. And with me traveling, I would engage with a lot of young people in high schools and colleges, women at women's shelters. And so I realized as much as we are very different in every culture and our expression is different, the problems are absolutely the same. They are. Domestic violence, mm-hmm. financial um, gain, you're having maybe babies that 
the system could help you a little bit more in terms of um, nurturing and raising. So our issues globally pretty much are the same, plus or minus a few different things that are sensitive or specific to each culture. Right. So with that, I said, my goodness, the young ladies were so engaged with what I was doing. Me being an Mm African-American was amazing because most of the women that they saw were who were American were white women who were coming over. So when they see a black girl, they're like, wait, are you a singer, an actor? Oh, you're a medical doctor? (laughs) Right, a doctor. Right, because most of what other countries get about us is programmed through what they're fed on media and television. So when they see a a woman who is an African-American woman who is a doctor who is talking and she's funny, is she a comedian? Like, what is this lady doing? She's making us laugh. We're paying attention. And so I said, the best thing for me to do is to bring other young ladies over with me to engage with these young ladies. So like you said, when you met your two Sabrinas, they can go overseas and meet friends that they can maintain a connection with. And then as they grow as adult women, they have friends that they can travel with. Oh, okay. Well, we met in Brussels. That was our first engagement. So I'm going to India. You want to meet me in India? And then you have somebody that you know, that you trust, that you can travel with and meet. And so that's the whole purpose of Global Girls, Global Women. Because as the world is evolving and becoming more global, Mm -hmm. if you are not preparing young people to be global citizens, they are going to be left behind. Right. And that that is the main reason why I said I need to start training young people so that they see the world as a global perspective and not just, oh, I'm from Texas. I'm from New York because that's not going to last. That's not going to last. And it's interesting. When I first moved to D.C. 20 plus years ago, I used to work with a group of students in Southeast mm-hmm. and I was um, going to take them to some museums in just at the Smithsonian. Right. And they had never been. Exactly. And they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I was just so floored because I didn't adults. know that experience. You have yeah. adults in D.C. Right. who have that never have been to the Smithsonian. So it's just the basics of exposure. Mm-hmm. So one or two other things. I love the fact that you said that, you know, we own the world. It's really our birthright. Yes. And so society has put these boundaries, all this talk about, you know, um, passports and boundaries and lines of division and walls and all this crap. That's not how God really created it. Mm -hmm. And so on my soapbox, because I can for a second, that's not really how it is. It's not really how it should be. So try if you can, moms and dads, get your baby their passport. Make sure that they have it because you're going to have to go you're going to need a passport for a majority of the places because it's their birthright to travel the world. They can do more than just go down south and see their their parent, you know, their family. It can be more than just going up north to see their family. Um, you made a point earlier about just um, like one of the first steps can be traveling domestically, yes. traveling the United States. That could be the first way to see how your family moves together, how y'all eat together and stay in hotels and, you know, those kinds of things. And um, but just and just knowing that from some of the there were not that many statistics. So, you know, I always try to give facts. Mm-hmm. There weren't really that many statistics on um, African-Americans traveling before like maybe the last six or seven years because of the millennials who have now taken the world by storm. Mm-hmm. And then we have social media, which allows us to see them out and about. But for the past, traveling while black could have been dangerous. Yes. Traveling while black, going down south, going up north. You know, there's a, a, a myth that just going down south could get you hemmed up if you were in the wrong place. That is true, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's true that you could have been, you know, in a really tricky situation as a black person. You couldn't just roll up to the I hop and jump out and run to the restroom right quick like we can now. There are um, there were different rules that we had. We even had a situation um, where someone created like a little directory for us. It's called the Green Book. Mm-hmm. And people would be able to go and stay in bed and breakfast and stay um, and go to restaurants that were all supporting black people traveling within the United States. So now there's a, a little bit less of that stigma 
So it's your, like Sabrina says, it's yours to explore. And so if you haven't felt the the bug yet, Mm -hmm. that bug or that draw to go international, start at home. Right. Because even charity begins at home. Start in your own backyard. If you're here in the D.C. area and you haven't been to any of these museums, that's a good place to start because that's where the exposure starts and Mm -hmm. that's where the... um, you can wet the palate of right. yourself and your children to realize there's more than just the craziness that we're seeing on TV day in and day out. And what's funny about traveling nationally, I was looking up something as you were talking. What's funny about traveling nationally is that um, I left home at 18. So I'm D.C., born and bred in mm-hmm. D.C. Mm-hmm. And I went away to um, undergrad in New Orleans. Okay. And so the culture from one part of the United States is very different. We're not homogenous. We right. like to think, oh, well, I'm from the States. Oh, everything is the same. And that's how people outside of the U.S. think about us. Yeah. But when you're here, you understand that there are parts of California that are very different from parts of Texas that is very different from Louisiana, that's very different from New York. And so it's important to travel as much as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened with me. I started traveling and I just didn't stop. So from right. 18, it took me 20 years to get back home. And my profession took me um, different places in terms of traveling. But to go back to what you were saying about a passport and people not wanting to get a passport. I was looking this up because one of my friends at the State Department is saying there is a mandate that is coming out that by a certain time, and I wanted to look it up. 2020. Yeah, is it 2020? 2020. Everybody is going to be required to have a passport. So my thing is, you might as well get the passport now because... um, I'm not really clear about how people will say, oh, yeah, well, I'm a global citizen and I'm, you know, I travel all over the place. And you're like, oh, so what about your passport? And it used to be real funny because one of the ministries that I was a part of, like maybe five or 10 years ago, it used to be a bragging right. Okay. Because everybody traveled globally. Yeah. And even the young people traveled globally. Mm-hmm. So people would pull their passports out and compare, like, how many stamps, stamps you, you got? got? How many stamps you got? <laughs> right. Well, I need a new book. I have to apply it. So that kind of stuff is positive peer pressure. Now, we may have been operating in some pride, like, okay, I got more pa- passport stamps right. than you. Right. But what it does is it challenges you to go outside of your box, to experience outside of your box. Mm-hmm. And so for those five-star people who got to have five-star... That's that the world is ready to accommodate you. Yes. For the people who are backpackers and they're like, nah, I want to rough it. The world is ready to accommodate you. For the people who only want adult only environments, the world is ready to accommodate. So Mm -hmm. really, there's no excuse for you not to travel. So for people who are like, well, I don't have the money. Because mm-hmm. that's usually the number one mm-hmm. um, thing that I hear people say. There are so many programs and so many things that if you plan in advance, mm-hmm. like my friend um, in California, he's like a big brother, David. He and his family, it's he, his wife, and his two children. They travel internationally all year around. He's like, my mom knows how to really find good deals on mm-hmm. airlines, mm-hmm. and we go to Airbnb. And I promise you, it looks like we're balling, but we're not. We were able to find four round trip tickets for $800. Right. You can do it. You have to be, you know, it's like you find sales for anything else. You have to really be diligent. You have to be prepared to, you know, accommodate and change your schedule. It just can't be you want to leave on Thursday Exactly. You have to be flexible. You might have to leave Wednesday night. Exactly. So the thing is also when you're away, so say you're in Europe or I say Africa, mm-hmm. or in some of them other Caribbean countries, when you're there, you can fly to the next spot cheaper. You sure can. So it's not everything just coming from the U.S. When I was in, when That's I was so in, um, when I was in uh, Thailand, I'd never intended to go to Bali. Mm-hmm. One of my friends saw I was in Thailand and was like, in Instagram, mind you, yo, you, you, you there, you might as well go right. to Bali. I was like, oh, let me get on this freaking flyer exactly. hopper thing. And boom, I was in Bali in three days. Mm-hmm. So, it's very important, it's but I, I, you know, y'all who do watch my show and know anything about me, you know, I, I like to be real woo woo. So I talk about reality and then I talk about the woo woo. So here I'm doing this woo woo thing. Mm-hmm. Healthy people, 2020, if you're not vaccinated and if you don't have certain things that the government wants you to have, you will not be allowed to get your passport. So it's already March, April, Monday's April, 2019. 
you got a minute to get yourself together. If you've never heard of this before, look it up. It's Healthy People 2020. They're already starting to put their little feelers out Mm -hmm. at your job. They're trying to make you get that flu shot. Right. If you want it or not. They're trying to get your children them HPV shots, whether you want them or not. And so what they're going to start to do, so if you're listening, what's happening in New York now in Rockland County is that students are people, 150 outbreak of measles. And so if you are not vaccinated, they're not going to let you go to the movies, go to the stove, go to church, go anywhere. And so you have to be really careful about it. But if you can't get that passport, you really can't go to many mm-hmm. places. So just wanted to be on your radar. Healthy 20, healthy people 2020 ain't necessarily all what it's mm-hmm. being presented in the media to the layperson. Right. So you always got to think behind. So we're not going to focus on that. Get your passport. Exactly. That, get your passport. So Dr. J, talk to us about, you know, it's it's sort of like bragging rights mm-hmm. to go to different places. People like to say, I've been here, I've been there. So tell <sighs> us about your situation in Jacksonville, Florida. The funniest thing happened to me, I was stopping to get coffee and I was, um, it was not that many people in the coffee shop. It was a per- the barrister who was making the coffee. It was a couple and it was myself. So I got my drink and I was going to, you know, add whatever I needed to add to it. And this couple was talking to each other so loudly and it really was a stunt. They were really trying to brag, <laughs> uh, humble brag, as they, right. you know, as they say. I, I hate say. that humble brag. Oh, I have to do this. Oh, we have to go to Paris and such and such and such. So the girl is talking about how she's never been to Paris and it's going to be good. And I don't really know what to do and where we're staying. Oh, I think we're staying in a traditional European type uh the hotel and they're talking so loud. I'm like, it's only three of us in here. This is clearly for my benefit. So I will know that they're traveling. Right. So, I mean, I can be a little, little messy at times. (laughs) I'm not often messy. I usually like that has nothing to do with me. Mind your business. Keep it moving. Right. But for some reason, because they were subliminally in having this conversation for me, I Mm -hmm. stirred my coffee slowly as I'm putting my top (laughs) on it. And I was like, what is the best time to interject? So they stopped talking. And I said, well, honestly, when I went to Paris, it was very cold. And you should have seen their faces like, what? Right. I was like, when I went to Paris, it was very cold. It was April, as a matter of fact. I said, so please be certain to take layers and be prepared for it to be cold. It's not necessarily yeah. going to be that. But you got to go to this and you have to do this and make sure you go all the way to the top of the Eiffel Tower. Do not stop on the second floor and just take pictures and think you're done. Go all the way up. And you can actually schedule to have lunch there. That'll be good. You want something romantic to do. <laughs> so by this time, their faces are on the ground like this chick said what and right. I was like yeah have a nice day and right. put my cop my top on my coffee and rolled out and I got in my car and laughed so hard I don't I think they that. were really expecting that they because weren't. that's what happens with when our African-American kids are in a setting because it doesn't only happen to adults it happens to the kids Yeah. because if the teenagers are traveling and doing a whole bunch of stuff they're coming back bragging to our kids thinking that our kids can't participate in the conversation so when our kid is able to participate in the conversation it puts us like oh we're on the same playing field Mm -hmm. don't try to make it seem like you're more advantaged than Mm -hmm, me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've actually been four or five times Mm -hmm. these are some off skirts you might want to do Make sure you go to Versailles. That was the other thing I told him. I right. said, I got sick, so I wasn't able to go to Versailles. But make sure you go to Versailles. Because last time my dad was like, when you go, go to Versailles. Make mm-hmm. sure you go and take pictures. So they right. were just, it just was, it's just funny to right. see how people perceive you when you are a global traveler. They put you on a different, um, they take you from, for a, a different place. They do. Yeah. And, and what I'd like to also have you consider, listeners and, and viewers, is that when you're going, when you're making your trips, this is just me. This is just a suggestion, a consideration, is that when you're going and deciding to go, it's really cool to go to places that people look like you because for me... And for me, and I've been Mm -hmm. to Paris and I've been to Europe, Mm -hmm. is that they got all of our stuff in their museums. Right. Because they stole it from us. Right. All the stuff from the pyramids. Right. From the pyramids and from the um, South American and all these other brown and black indigenous cultures, 
those European nations have stolen our artifacts Mm -hmm. and our papers and our books and they have them in theirs and they have them on display. And on the real, some of these other countries have asked different European countries to give them their stuff back and they have said no. Right. So for me, just for me right now, I I am more interested in visiting some of the places where... um, I can explore more African cultures because you wouldn't think you can go to Peru and connect with the African culture. You wouldn't think that you could go to like, so I went to Kemet, Egypt, the land of the blacks before you only see sort of like an Arab perspective, Mm -hmm. but we went to Nubia. Those are the original people. Those that are chocolatier people who cannot be police officers, who cannot be nurses or doctors. They just got electricity not too long ago. But those are the original people of that place. And that's what I want to explore. And that's what I think could also connect you. You can go wherever you want. But when I see everybody rushing to get to Europe, I always think y'all just looking at your own stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just in a stolen place. Another thing is when I went to Cuba, to Havana, we took this tour. We, we might have been there. If we were there for nine days, by day five or six, um, we had seen what we were going to see. And then we got a tour from a doctor, um, this professor, who showed us being black in Cuba. We walked down the same daggone streets, and we did not notice a whole black culture that is suppressed every day right in front of us. Well, that's the advantage of traveling and connecting with people who are in that nation who Mm -hmm. look like you. Mm -hmm. So everywhere you go, you can find the black diaspora, the African diaspora. You can go to Thailand and find black diaspora. You can go to Vietnam and find black diaspora. You can even go to Europe. Um, I have a girlfriend who is that same girlfriend from Congo who now lives in Brussels. And they're like, there is a black uh, African... um, experience that you can have when you're here. So you can find the African diaspora wherever you go. Um, Even when I went to Fiji, uh, it was so funny. The first time I went to Fiji, everybody was like, um, in my inbox on Facebook, well, what do the people look like? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I'm like, they look like you and I. And the thing about it is when I was there and they saw me, um, I think they did this on purpose. I had a, a big gap in my um, schedule. Mm-hmm. The itinerary is usually really rigid, really strong, especially mm-hmm. if it's coming from the State Department. Mm-hmm. They had this huge gap. And so the people who were hosting us was like, make sure you take her to the museum and just let, just drop her off there. Okay. And so I went and it, it was like, I was the only person in the museum. Like I was able to explore the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And it was so enriching because if you read the stories, like I'm not the kind of person who's just going to look at artifacts and stuff. I'm going to take my time and I'm going to read. Right. And so as I was reading, I was like, God, these people are just like me or mm-hmm. I am just mm-hmm. like them. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was it was a wonderful experience and it talked about how the missionaries from different countries came over and that changed the culture. Yeah. Anywhere you go when missionaries came in they changed the culture to benefit them. Right. And so a lot of things were lost and right. a lot of things that are indigenous to that area were demonized. Right. And so the cultures don't perpetuate that because it was demonized. Oh, this right. is a bad thing. This is so that's how those um, our cultural things are suppressed. So and it's happening now mm-hmm. all around the world. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a piece years ago about the gentrification of Kemet, the gentrification of Egypt. You go in there, they don't smash the noses off people trying to scrape paint off of stuff, breaking up stuff. Mm -hmm. It's happening right on U Street. Mm -hmm. So what they say is it was bad. It was hood. It was a lot of police activity, a lot of bad things going on. And then now they've done put the Starbucks and the dog yoga spot up. And then you totally see that they took down the... um, there was a, was it um, Duke Ellington? I don't know whose picture that was. I forget whose picture it was now, but there was a prominent jazz person who was right on U Street. That picture is gone. It was a beautiful mural that was there for many years. And I have only been here for 20 plus years. I always remember that mural, that joint gone. Hmm. So it's happening in, around you. So it's not even that, um, you know, it's happening. You don't, have to, go other, you don't right. have to go. Mm-hmm. You can just look right in any major city where there were brown and black people it's changing. So they take those things away. So Dr. J, you have the Global Girls, Global mm-hmm. Women. 
What is like, is it like a, a membership organization? How do little girls get in? Who do you look for? And what are you doing with them moving forward? Well, it, it is not membership. It is basically okay. anyone who is interested. You can be 16 to 21. Okay. Um, this year we decided to take younger girls and I decided to take younger girls based on a lot of the uh, disenfranchisement that was happening to younger girls, mm-hmm. especially with the sexploitation mm-hmm. that's been happening in media. Those victims, as you would say, were younger. So I opened it up to younger women. Okay. But we predominantly take women 16 to 21 from D.C., Maryland, Virginia. They have to be either part-time or full-time. They don't necessarily have to be uh, part-time, full-time students. Students. They don't necessarily have to be... in a traditional academic setting. They could be in a trade school. They could be in any type of schooling, but they have to be part-time or full-time and come with two letters of recommendation. Our, um, You can go to our website, Global Girls, Global Women. Mm-hmm. It's just the two, the, those names, globalgirlsglobalwomen.org. Mm-hmm. We're an organization, so .org, globalgirlsglobalwomen.org, and uh, find out more about becoming a member, not really through membership, but we have to make sure that young ladies are interested because what I've noticed is that the parents understand the value of this program, but a lot of the girls don't. So if the girls aren't interested, you may not, we don't necessarily want you in our group if you're not interested. We don't want you to feel like we're beating you over the head. We want everything that we do in terms of our learning to be fun. It's definitely going to be challenging. It's going to be a a broadening of your mindset. But I want the girls to have fun because we learn through pleasure, pain, or by proxy. So I don't want them to learn by pain because a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff we learn by pain. This is not an exercise that I want you to learn by proxy. By proxy is through somebody somebody else's experience. I want you to learn through pleasure. So I want everything that we do to be fun. I want it to be uh, where your mind is expanded, where you come out. You go into the program a girl, but you come out a global woman. And that's why I said global girls, global women. And we're open for um, enrollment for our 2020 class yep. because our 2019 class is full. Yes. And I think it's going to be something where the 2019s then become mentors for the girls who are coming behind them. So right. it's really about them experiencing and then passing it back. I want to get them in the habit of reaching behind yourself to pull up another young lady or to educate another young lady through your experience. So. That's what it's all about. But globalgirlsglobalwomen.org, you can find out more about it and send in applications. We are accepting 2020 applications now, but the 2019 class is closed. So I have it up on the screen, but I have comms. So make sure you look up globalgirlsglobalwomen.org to get your daughter, Mm -hmm. you know, check it out and see, you know, if it's something that you're interested in. Now, for me, I'm going to go back to my little woo-woo. Seven or eight years ago, I'm just standing in the kitchen talking to one of my friends, and I said, I want my daughter to be a world citizen. I want Mm -hmm. her to travel the world and to meet people and to learn things. And I just said it, and then after I said it, I almost closed my own mouth because I really am somewhere in my brain and said, oh, how are you going to do that? Mm -hmm. Because you don't have all that kind of money. That's what I was thinking, right? And as the years have passed, it has been become easier. So I even was able to get her on her first international trip mm-hmm. to study agriculture and um, to study, you know, in Costa Rica on the Afro-Caribbean side of Costa Rica yes. so that she could see and experience and taste foods and have a little goat chase her around and see chocolate farms mm-hmm. and all these different things. And then my big sister, like she always does, Dr. Vicki Johnson. She planted another little seed and she introduced me to Dr. J. She sure did. And she said, you, you, you two should connect. And we connected. And so now my daughter is, she had to go through, the, through her own, she had to do her application. Right. She had to go through her own interview process. Mm-hmm. She was nervous, um, but she was accepted. Yeah. And so now she will be a part of the, the 2019 group who is going to be able to travel. But I'm saying if you say what it is you want and you're clear 
and you put it out there and it wasn't even really for me to try to figure out right. it just comes and so now and she wants to do it mm-hmm. she's she's excited about it and she's actually going on her first little HBCU tour in it. two weeks and she's hyped yes that she <laughs> I should think be she's kind of hyped about who what boys is going to be it on the tour with her but be. she is excited to go to Spelman which I've always talked about mm-hmm. she's excited to get the exposure to go to see the MLK Center and all these different things and I'm not going to be there yes and so it was just a dream that I have for her. Mm-hmm. And so I'm grateful that you had a vision where my little baby can get plugged into there just like other little babies can. So yes. mommies and daddies, if you're listening, 2020 is coming. Fill out the application and work with your student and start to do the exposure and start to talk about um Things that maybe put up a map in mm-hmm. the house and talk about exactly. places that you would like to go. My daughter and I, like two years ago, I had her write down the top seven places she wanted to see in the world. And we ain't been to none of them yet, but that doesn't mean anything. Yes, she eventually will get to go on her own. And so that's just something to consider. So let's talk about... Um, you were a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. You are a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. That's what you're training is. So you will always yep. be that. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about you you create this new situation, this new experience for mm-hmm. people. And then you have your own experiences right. that you have to grow and evolve past. So mm-hmm. would you mind sharing a little bit Absolutely. about that? Okay. So um, I started Global Girls, Global Women in 2016, like we said. I launched it in 2017, in that October of 2017. The following year, I was diagnosed with bone marrow cancer. Bone so I'm like, cancer. what? What are we doing? Like, I got so much to do. Right. And it was amazing because um, it's only been a year that I um, was diagnosed and I'm in complete remission. Hey. Had a bone marrow transplant, went through the chemo, the whole hair falling out, skin doing whatever it wants to do, organs shutting down. And it's only been a year, but it's been the most prolific year of my life in mm-hmm. terms of gratitude in terms of not taking stuff so seriously right in terms of being very glad about today being beautiful and sunny even though it's cold like crazy cold in March (laughs) but it's like the sun is shining and it's not snowing so it just made me very appreciative of the entire thing but it also um being diagnosed with cancer and walking through that um it kind of opened my eyes to the um, strength that I had within. Right. The strength that I had within. And then when I came through this, I was like, if I can do And it's so weird. Every time I get scared, I hear a voice behind me says, but you fought cancer. I was right. like, oh, yeah, I can do right. that. And right, it, right. It's, it's like the strangest thing. But that's like my fallback of when I get afraid. I'm like, yeah, but you had cancer. Oh, yeah, I did have cancer. And sometimes we go through journeys and life journeys and we, you know, overcome certain things. It may be divorce. It may be the loss of a baby, the loss of a spouse, the loss of a family member. And we think we can't survive, but you're like, I already survived. So Mm -hmm. I should be able to, I'm going to go through this Mm -hmm. like a champion. Mm -hmm. Um, It's made me very, very humble. I I consider myself humble before. Mm -hmm. You know, who says that they're humble? But after that, that's a weird (laughs) statement. But I really, it makes me more empathetic. Mm -hmm. It makes me more patient with people. And it also helps me to um, look at people and say, you can't look at me like if, I don't share my story. You don't really know what went on with Absolutely me. Absolutely not. And just like Absolutely you don't not. know what went on with me, I don't know what went on with this young lady on the bus. Right. I don't know what went on with him. I right. don't know. So it makes me, as a person who walked through this, look at other people saying, you don't know the story. Even if they share something with you, you don't know their whole story. Right. So to kind of be patient with people and allow them to evolve and become on their own and at their own timing and stuff. And it just... I'm I'm just very grateful for this entire experience. But it also, Wendy, at the end of it, I came out of this like, I'm not doing anything I don't want to do. Right. Things that I don't have pleasure, things that I have to uh, work real hard, like a slave. Nah, I'm not doing it. So things that bring me joy, things that bring me laughter, people that are healthy for me. So I dropped everything that was toxic to me. So mm. I, I changed my diet. I changed my 
circle of people who were around me. If you were toxic, I was letting you go. Moisturizer, skincare, hair care. If it was toxic, I was letting it go. And so I learned to release everything that was toxic, everything that no longer served my highest good. And everybody, everything, every thought, every meditation, every prayer, if it was good for me and it was life-sustaining, I embraced it right. wholly. And so that that's where I am in my life. If, it's, if you're bringing me any kind of stress, if by the time we engage, I got a headache or a backache or something, that's my body saying, you are toxic to me. I got to let you go. So that's super interesting because I met Dr. J probably before she got diagnosed. It mm-hmm. might have been a week. Yeah. I mean, yep. I came to your launch yep. of October. your event. Exactly. And, you know, we were talking about meeting up and then she said, Well, I got a little you know, a little back pain. Exactly. And then boom, a few weeks later she's just like, I've been diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Whoa. Yeah, me right. Too. And so I kind of was like the a new a newer person. But I was cheering her on. Mm-hmm. So when I knew that she was going through things, I would try to send her my little bitmojis and I'd be like, how you doing or how you feeling? Because studying studying um, nutrition mm-hmm. and studying the mind, body and the spirit as much good yes. as you can give mm-hmm. to somebody, then, you know, that's what I wanted to give. And documentaries. And so, you sent me documentaries yes. and courses. Yes. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like, you know... I do my little part, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it was interesting. I have found myself in a situation recently that has become very stressful. Mm -hmm. So I want, I'm going to tell this little story, but you as the doctor, I want for people to understand what the stress does Mm -hmm. because we have 10 minutes. So I want us to talk about in these last 10 minutes about from a medical perspective, what the stress does to our body Mm -hmm. and how it could hinder us. So I, I found myself in a situation where I was um, in a situation where I was stressed, right? And I just happened to mention it to Dr. J just offhand, just in a little text. And she was like, not acceptable. Right. And I was like, oh, you know, because it <laughs> at that, I mean, it, it is stressful, but it really wasn't, um, it didn't really register to me. My body knew that I'm stressed out. Right. Now, now, I, I'm not getting that twisted because I'm very aware now. Um, but I was just thinking like I almost had to be in that situation if I, I needed to be supporting these people that, you know, I, I'm in this situation with. So I needed to be there. And when she said unacceptable, I was like, wow. So now I have removed myself mm-hmm. from that situation and I have reframed the situation so that it can work for me yes. instead of just working for that other person. Mm-hmm. And I still offer my support, but it it uh, is different. And you like shook that in me. And I, and I was thinking, cause my girlfriend, Cheryl, shout out to Cheryl. She was on the text mm-hmm. and we both were like, yo, <laughs> <laughs> because if Dr. J said it and we know what you just came through, we yeah. have a, an idea um, and you said unacceptable, even though it was a what I was kind of considering something small. Mm-hmm. Then I knew that I needed to shift. Yes. So I, I appreciate that because I didn't even tell her that's what that's what um, it did for me. Good. But let's talk about what stress does, because we talk about women's health and mm-hmm. health in general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we also know in this community that when you have uh, something like that going on in your body, there's something that has happened where it's a lesson for you. It is. What did you shift differently? You said that you got rid of toxic people, but mm-hmm. have you come to an even deeper understanding of how you may have attracted something like that? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So what stress does, to answer that first question, stress actually releases cortisol. To keep from getting too medical, right. it releases cortisol and it causes inflammation. Yeah. Inflammation is an open door for anything that will dis-ease our body yes. and call it cause illness. illness. So lupus, autoimmune disorders, rheumatoid arthritis, different forms of cancer, high blood pressure are all the underlying cause of any type of inflammation. And that is what stress does. Now with women, the importance of us understanding and being in tune with our body is that women by and large override their body signal. 
Our bodies signal us all the time. We may have headaches. We may have eye twitching. I used to have that a lot at work, just eyes twitching. That's not normal. No. Eyes twitching, headaches, stomach pains. People have migraines out the wazoo, back aches that we really can't figure out what's going on. Hip pain, knee pain, my elbow is hurting, my shoulder is hurting. And a lot of that is not secondary to physical activity or exercise or anything of that nature. Right. When you start having these weird pains out of nowhere, that's your body signs saying something is not right. right. You might be in a wrong relationship. You might be in a wrong job. You might be eating the wrong things. You may be meditating on the wrong things. So whatever that is, that's up to you as an individual to get quiet. Ask yourself, ask the God in you, what is going on? What tell me? Then when that stuff starts coming up, don't disqualify it. That's what we do by and large. Most of the things that we need to get rid of, we're aware of it. But what happens is we have discounted it. So my encouragement for everybody out there is to not wait until cancer, lupus, whatever hits your door. Find out at the beginning, is there anything in my life that I need to release, get rid of so that I can be my healthiest and be at ultimate wellness? That's basically what we want to do. Right. And so that's kind of like why I created the Goddess Awakening and Healing Sanctuary and then this offshoot of the sanctuary as the radio show because I was living these things. I was in situations where I was stressed out and my whole body was feeling it. And because I thought that I just needed to get get this money, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I kind of stayed a little bit longer than yeah. I should have. And so once I realized that... Um, It was going to come in other ways. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that my peace was more important, and it's one of those things where I give this like a visual of you see a little snake around your feet Mm -hmm. and it's just circling around your feet. And then the next thing you know, that joint is in your face. It it has bypassed because you felt the ache, Mm -hmm. you felt the knee pain, you had the headache and you ignored it. For or maybe you just took an ibuprofen and so right. then you suppressed it, right? So it's it's it is something where our body is giving us a signal and we have been taught to just just let it be. Mm-hmm. Or you know, my grandmama and them always had migraines, so now I just got migraines. Right. So you know, it's just one of those things where I had to stop ignoring it because either I will be not here for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so once I did, then I started to attract all this other information that we got four minutes. I started to attract all this other information about I didn't have to be stressed out. Right. And that it wasn't that big a deal. And that the sun shining on my face is a beautiful thing. And it has the benefits. And I didn't have to have all these toxic people in my life and these be in these toxic, toxic environments. And that I didn't have to. And then I wanted to tell everybody. Because exactly. once I took action... Because you got to make some mm-hmm. actionable steps. Once I took action and saw the change in my life and how I was feeling and the changes in my body and things, I was like, I have to tell everybody. Yes. So I went to um, study, in, you know, integrative nutrition, mm-hmm. integrative, you know, holistic mind, body, spirit. I went to go study those things because I needed to be able to give it a frame, not just that I'm saying Yes. This. I wanted to. And so then I had a launch last April and Dr. J mm-hmm. came. It was just a soft launch with my friends. And it was easy. You know, it you know, it just came. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like why that is why I um, created it, because we want you to understand that it's way there's way more to life than what we're seeing this environment that we're in now. There's way more to life. We are here for pleasure. Mm-hmm. We are here to enjoy our lives. We are here to travel the world and to explore if that's what we want to do. If you don't want to travel, you don't have to. Right. We are here to make the decisions on our own behalf and Mm -hmm. have agency over our own choices to do whatever it is that we want to do, but be healthy and vital and happy doing it. Yes. That's really the point. And so I think that um, if you start your babies knowing that they can do it early, if you start to let them know that there's more than this, exactly. there's more than just their block or their, their neighborhood and then just their state and then just their region and then just 
the United States. And mm-hmm. then you uh, and you and then in the beginning, you don't even have to go because you have the entire world in your hand. You have the Internet. Right. You can get on YouTube and show them different places with beautiful waterfalls and greenery and places of people that look like them. But the smell and the feel and the you got to have the start full somewhere. experience. Yeah. Start somewhere. Yeah. It's the baby steps. Mm-hmm. So starting off, once mm-hmm. you get your money together. Right. And, and, you know, you get on Hopper and start looking at flights and stuff. But before you do that, start small and then just do the baby steps and then the next thing you know you will visualize it and you will be on the beach with your babies and can I challenge real quick I know we have to go yes. but it doesn't I don't want people to get caught up on the money because even you setting that intention out there what happens is it opens up a door because I my second trip I didn't pay for anything I just right. said yes they right. were like oh we'll pay for you and I was like bet I'm there okay well that too, because I didn't start. I started traveling, being paid to travel. Yes. I only just recently exactly. had to pay for a trip exactly. or two because that was just how it, it happened. So yes, don't get caught on the money; it'll come. Mm-hmm. So, Doctor J, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so glad to see you beautiful thank and vibrant you. and healthy, and them curls are popping. Thank you. Because she trying. lost her hair, but those curls are popping. Thank I see you. them up close. <laughs> thank so, globalgirlsglobalwomen.org. Mm-hmm. Sign your babies up for the interview process for next year they're already taking applications and go to that website if you have any questions so we will see you next time in the sanctuary thank you so much for being here please like share and subscribe peace thank you for listening to the sanctuary please follow us at awaken and heal on instagram and on the web at goddess dash awaken.com to follow the revolution.